We are Titus and Tate. We are doing mm. a live show, breaking down the Sweet 16. Do you feel that, Tate? Breathing in. This is Pac-12 air entering our lungs. It feels foreign. It oh, feels very remind- different. It feels like I, I'm not oh. supposed to be enjoying this as much. And uh, yeah, shout out to West Coast basketball. We this gotta, is the year. We got to remind the people. We've been on, waiting for this. We are on the West Coast. Yes. This is Pac-12 air that we are breathing. <laughs> that, those other shows you're watching, mm. they're not breathing Pac-12 mm. air. We are. Mm. Uh, so that makes us better because the Pac-12 has dominated this tournament. That's all anyone's talking about. It's been 48 hours since we've uh, seen basketball. And that's all the discussion is Pac-12 basketball. Uh, listen, subscribe on YouTube. We're going to be doing this throughout the throughout yes. the tournament. So those of you that have joined us uh, every step of the way, we appreciate it. Those of you who are new to the situation, uh, welcome. Welcome. We're, we're going to be doing this every, every day. Not every day. Every day that there are games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, also, we got a couple guests coming up today. I want to tease those people. We have our good friend Andy Katz. Mm. Dare I say a blue blood yes. on the program. Uh, a guy who has come been on. Been talking to Charles Barkley, Kenny yep. Anderson, Ernie Johnson, now talking to us. Who would have thought? He's come on all season, and uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's crapped all over Pac-12 basketball all season. So <laughs> Except for Boise State. He was, he was really big on Boise State. There is a day of reckoning for Andy Katz, and that day is today. Also joining us today, Marcus Zagorowski, point guard of your Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, we're going to be talking to him coming up in a little bit. I'm yeah, the Gonzaga fans asked. They said, why would you curse us? Why would you have Corey Kispert on? And we said, not so fast. We are going to have Zigorowski on. So it's even. It's one-to-one. We have not cursed anyone. Who knows who wins? Uh, it's not our fault. So that's perfect. It, it, I, I'm excited to talk to both these guys. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about the Sweet 16. Yes. That, that seems to be a good topic to uh, to, to break <laughs> down here. So uh, w- the last time we, you and I spoke on the air was immediately after USC it wasn't the game wasn't even over usc mm-hmm. was was beating the brakes off of kansas uh our, our thoughts were we were in real time spitting our thoughts out as we were watching that happen we were trying to to understand what the sweet 16 looked like we've had time to sleep on it mm-hmm. we've had time barely. to yeah <laughs> I, I, I am uh, i will say this I, I i feel like i got washed over you know the first four days of the ncaa tournament i was uh trying to recalibrate trying to assess mm-hmm. trying to get my bearings and uh, you know, got got a day to sleep in, got a, got a day to try to figure it out. And I still sit here, Mark Titus, and you open up the show. You say, "Pac-12 update. This is where we are." USC handed Kansas its worst NCAA tournament loss in its history of all time. Of all time. Of and, all time. And that is what we're seeing: historical things in Indianapolis. And I think that's really where I want to start. I mean, we have a lot of legacies on the line. We have a lot of you know historic programs that are trying to make a name for themselves, right. get back into the fold. Whether it be a Houston and Arkansas, we have some some new blood types. Whether it be an Oral Roberts, you know, that's trying to make its first Elite Eight. There's a lot of storylines, which we, is a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about legacies a little bit because uh, we, we had a tweet sent to us that that, that got. Some thoughts ruminating. There we go. Yes, yeah, there we go. the college coaches with the most to gain from a Final Four national coming champion. from the journalists. By the way, uh, if you're watching us live, be sure to, to you can tweet at us or, or uh, yeah, comment on YouTube, whatever. We'll we'll address them. If if you have questions for Andy too, that'd be fun. With that, ask Andy questions so that way we can pin it on you guys. Yes, we can just be really, like, Andy. Andy, we don't. Never, I don't want to ask you this, this Andy. But this but is what the fans. The, the fans are asking this. The people want to know, so we're going to ask you this. Uh, so anyway, we're going to we're going to be talking about this in a, in a second, like legacies and, and all that, because that's mm-hmm. a fun discussion. But is there any big picture thing other than the Pac-12? Like what what is something as you look at the field, uh, the final 16 teams, what jumps out to us? What mm-hmm. what is the big picture 
takeaway? Do you want me to go first? I have one note. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. My only note was mm. I noticed that if, if you go on kinpom.com, the uh, uh, I want to I want to be sure to make sure Kim, you shout them out. Yeah, kinpom. We always shout out kinpom uh, on this show. We do. We do. Mm-hmm. I'm no, all jokes aside, we do all the time. <laughs> I don't understand kinpom at all, mm-hmm. but uh, I trust him with my life. Mm-hmm. And kinpom tells me uh, the the top set the top 25 defenses. So stick with me on this. Um, of the top 25 Ken Palm defenses, seven are represented in the Sweet 16, mm-hmm. whereas 11 top uh, 25 offenses are represented. And that doesn't even include Alabama, who is somehow outside of the top 25. But, like, come on, Alabama's offense is, is Yeah, Ken Palm, they redo yeah. the algorithm. So my point is, one big takeaway I have here is that a lot of, a lot of scoring, a lot of efficient offense, a lot of making shots from these Sweet 16 teams, we'll say. Mm-hmm. That's, a bi- that's a big picture takeaway I have. This is not a... Yep. You, you you were talking about teams that like to muck it up. Mm-hmm. There are a couple left, but mm-hmm. for the most part, these teams make shots. Yes. So yes. that's a big takeaway. Yeah, my big takeaway, and as I look forward, I think, you know, we came into this tournament and I was set on a Big Ten title. I was yeah. set on the fact that, you know, we need a 21st century title. I know it happened in 2000, but to me, that's, you know, that that's of the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got to have it now. And Michigan is our last team. It is the Big Ten team that we look at that they have a real shot. But I have pivoted. It is not a Big Ten year. It's a Pac-12 year or a Pac-10 year. Uh, you know, the first title. <laughs> Evan Turner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at this. Evan Turner gets it. He's uh, using emojis. I mean, throwing up. This is bogus, bro. <laughs> we all lost that Big Ten tourney wore everybody down. We did say that on our last show. Shout out to Evan for saying that. But I think it's a Pac-12 tournament. I, I have turned to the Pac-12 needs a title in the 21st century. The last one was in 1997. You got Oregon. <laughs> You got USC. Unfortunately, they play each other. But I'm saying this, Titus. Whoever wins that game, I feel really good about their chances against yeah, Gonzaga. I do too. I really do. I, I don't feel good. I don't feel really good in the sense of like they will be favored. Or no, 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 no. I'm just saying it's it's but, not it's not a good matchup for Gonzaga. Right. I'm not gonna say it's a bad matchup. Right. It's, but not, it's not a, a great good matchup. matchup. <laughs> yeah. Not a good matchup. If, if that that is the first gate, like mm-hmm. I don't know, Creighton Creighton's Creighton's a good basketball team. Yeah, uh, we have Zigarowski coming up. Yeah, we have we'll, him on the show. I don't it, mean yeah. to to disparage Creighton basketball, but if I'm Gonzaga. Uh, well, you don't look ahead, I guess. That's the point of the NCAA tournament. Corey Kispert said every single team they play now, that's top 15 point. team. I won't even make the point I was yeah. going to make then. I'm okay. going to bail on it. I'm going to hit the eject button. <laughs> but that's my, that's my big picture <laughs> thought. I think I, I now think I see a path where maybe, maybe the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 makes some noise. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so l- let's talk about sort of taking your point, taking uh, the tweet we saw earlier that yep. uh, I want to talk about because uh, th- this is always a fascinating discussion. Is <laughs> Uh, not this one. I, I, <laughs> all I see here is they're asking if you're a mass hole. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this one. Definitely not this yep. one. Um, but the, the, one of the cool things about college basketball is that every program is kind of playing for something different. We all pretend that every program is playing for national title. Yep. That's not true. Yep. We know that's not true. We know that Oral Roberts uh, – they're not playing for national title. They don't mm-hmm. go into every season and say one of our goals is to win. I mean, maybe they do, but they're delusional if they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're here nonetheless, and that's fun, and that's exciting. We should be celebrating that. That's what makes March Madness fun is these fun underdog stories. Yep. On the other hand, you have Gonzaga, where if Gonzaga ends up going to the national title game, it goes to 12 overtimes, and they lose by one, that's mm-hmm. a failure. Yes. That's yes. where Gonzaga has arrived. Mm-hmm. They must win the national title or else this season is a failure. And I'm always fascinated by by that because I feel like th- this is a unique sport in that regard um, where, you know, like the NBA doesn't work that way. You, you know, obviously the Lakers want to tie it. You, you have expectations going into the season mm-hmm. team by team, but every franchise is trying to win an NBA championship. 
every you know mm -hmm. their their goal is like we're gonna tank now so we can win an NBA or whatever. You understand what I'm yes, saying? Yes, of course. In college, some of these programs are like we're probably never gonna win a national title, but what mm -hmm. if we can make a elite eight run? That mm -hmm. would be awesome. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that around here forever. Yeah, or, let's be Cinderella yeah, one year, just one year. And that's how Gonzaga started, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they were like, we just want to be Cinderella. We want to make some noise in the tournament, and then slowly over time, you get past the Cinderella stage. In, in general, college basketball for a, a small major program. If you're lucky, like a Gonzaga or a Butler or even a Louisville, think about where Louisville was just as a school yeah. and how much they've climbed. Like you it's a bunch to, of farmland and like a couple silos. With and the, they were in Conference yeah. USA and then yeah. they're all the way to the ACC. So like in general, college sports, there is a, a ladder, a, a sort of a pecking order that you have to climb. And when you look at Gonzaga, they've checked all the boxes. In fact, they went all the way to the other side where they went from the Cinderella to they were getting upset by Steph Curry, who was the Cinderella. Right. Then they become the powerhouse. Then they go to their first final four then they go to their first title game then they lost in their first title game and now they have to win their first title right they, they're at that point they're at the top so the, the, the and program that, and that's a respect to gonzaga yeah. not to say if they lose dismiss throw it all out it's just to say that's where they are they've on the arrived yeah. i don't know if they're a blue blood or not probably not they haven't won a championship yet but they have arrived at that at that blue blood expectation yes. of uh, we have to win a national title or title. bust. Title or bust. Yep. Yeah, and especially this team. So uh, I want to do that today. I, that, that, that's what I want to do for our preview is kind of go through team by team and try to figure out what is the expectation, what are, what is on the line legacy-wise for mm -hmm. coaches, for programs. Try to suss it out of, like, what are we trying to accomplish? What are each of these teams trying to accomplish? Love it. And uh, to do that, I did uh, the only thing we know how to do when we're organizing our thoughts on the show, which is put things into tears. Mm-hmm. Andy Katz taught me that. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. So uh, I, I decided to tear him like this. <laughs> um, I'm going to start at the top. So so I'll, I'll do my tears, and then I guess maybe for the purpose of the show, you can just say if you I'll, agree. I'll agree if I, yeah, or add right? someone to that tier. Yeah, that's okay. easy. That's right. easy. So my first tier is this is the must win the title tier. Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is kind of what we just said. It's like the, the title or bust, uh, we, we, we nothing else will will do. Nothing. Mm -hmm. else, everything else will feel like a failure. And I have one team, and it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga is the only team. Mm -hmm. Gonzaga has been to the Final Four, as you said. They've been to four Elite Eights. Uh, this is all they have left to do. They're undefeated. Um, so, you know, like, I, I don't think an undefeated season was is something that had to be done this year. I don't mm -hmm. think – I think you still respect Gonzaga if they win the national title and they lost a couple games along the way, obviously. But now that they're here and they're undefeated, I think they have to finish this thing off, right? Absolutely. And I think we're at the point where if they don't, like you said, even if it's a 12-overtime game, we have all the naysayers say, see, I told you they couldn't win the big one. And I think that's where Mark View is. It kind of reminds me a little the big bit. One, the big ones always move, by the way. Exactly. It, it used to be the yes, Elite Eight game. It now is it's literally the, yeah. the, the goalposts are always being moved. That, yeah. that is what is going on. And I remember when Phil Mickelson, not to make it a golf reference, but Phil Mickelson his whole career, right? I mean, he goes and lose, you know, to Payne Stewart, you know, in the U.S. Open. He's number two. We all remember that moment in time. And everyone's like, man, I wonder if Phil's ever going to win one. You yeah. know, three years go by, still hasn't won one. I I don't think he's ever going to win one, you know? Then finally, the 04 Masters comes. Everything kind of comes together in this beautiful moment. He wins his first major. Monkey's off the back. We move on. And now he's one of the greatest golfers we know. Then, it does It does feel like Gonzaga. This could be the 04 Masters. Well, no, that. Phil wins the first one, and then you go... But can he do it again? Was that a flick? <laughs> <laughs> then wing fuck, they're like, yeah, like and then it blows up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I uh, guess it never ends. But at the end of the day, I do think Gonzaga is at that that crucial point where there's a world mark few will maybe if he goes to the final four will probably have the most experience in that final four as, as yeah. we talk about coaches so yeah. i think this will be the first time that gonzaga feels comfortable in in that situation as opposed to you know we're trying to kick the door down that's to make a good some point noise. i'm looking around here like jay wright could could 
be the Jay Ryder. Ba- ba- no, no, no. Based I, no I'm on saying, a, I'm based saying on who I expect to be. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying the only uh, the only way it's not is if Jay Wright or Jim Beheim or that's pretty much it. Leonard Hamilton, I guess. Those would be the three. But Leonard Hamilton's at, but that's never it. been. But there. he's never been to the yeah, Final Four. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, you're right. Mark Few is going to be the old head. He's going to be a veteran for the first time. Uh, yeah, and on, on top of all that, Gonzaga would a national title for Gonzaga would complete the the greatest rags to riches story yes. in college basketball Zags history. Zags to riches. Zags to say. riches. 1995 was this program's first NCAA tournament appearance. Mm-hmm. 1995, Tate. That's what, <laughs> the first NCAA. Not, that's not because we know in 1999 they go to the lead eight. We They're know new that. Blood. I'm giving I'm a saying, point to the new bloods. In 1994, Gonzaga mm. basketball had never in the mm. history of the program made an NCAA tournament, mm. a single NCAA tournament. They've never been a 16 seed and lost by 40 in the first round. They've never even done that. And now they're now we're now we're saying the words if they don't win the title, it's a failure. It's amazing. And they were in a conference with, you know, Bill Russell was there at one point. I mean, they're they're in a historic conference, mm-hmm. and they were not the, the powerhouse program in that conference. And then they came to be late in life. They're a new blood. There you go. Uh, my next tier is must make the final four. Mm, I like this. So they don't I'm having fun with these tiers. They're fun tiers. <laughs> this isn't – you don't necessarily have to win the title, but it's kind mm-hmm. of what Gonzaga was a few years ago, which is you've done everything else there is to do. we got to get over the hump now. we got to make the final four. Can they do it? Uh, obviously, Baylor. Baylor, I mean, Baylor the is the Gonzaga yeah. of 2017 right, right now. Yes. Baylor, and, and also a rags to riches story. You talk, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. publicized greatly, obviously. Yeah, we Scott call Drew, this a bags to riches story. Yeah, there you go. Bags mm-hmm. to riches. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Scott Drew inherited at that program, one of the best turnaround jobs uh, in the history of college basketball, how he got to this point. Uh, but th- what is this point has been mm-hmm. the question. You know, we, that's why we always joke about it. Is Scott Drew a good Is the program actually good? Whatever, because they're always good enough to be in the conversation, but are they good enough to make Final Fours? Are they good enough to win conference championships? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they won a conference championship this year. But now that's why I just gave it. A new blood got a point. 1950, the last time Baylor won a conference championship. It does- You're excited to be back in the new studio, by the <laughs> way, with the, the Blue Blood scoreboard. It's been a long time. And, and last time I was here, I don't know what was going on. The scoreboard had turned against me. They were like, you know, <laughs> the, the score is set. Don't change anything. So it's good to have the new blood conversation. But you're right. Baylor, Scott Drew, they have to get to the Final Four. They have to get over that hurdle. And then once they do that, like you said, the goal post will be moved to. Now you have to now win you the have title. To win the title. But know? that's how we're, but we're at that stage now. Yes. Scott Drew has been the Elite Eight twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they Baylor last year for five weeks was ranked number one in the country. So they're we're done. We've already you've done everything else there is to do, and especially winning the Big Twelve this year, you've mm-hmm. done everything else. In twenty ten, now we need the Final Four. Twenty ten, the first time that they go there with Scott Drew, they play a Duke team. You know, not a very good Duke team, a team that should have never won a national championship, and they should have <laughs> won that game. You know, and like Scott Drew, uh, you know. He learned the Duke way that night, but I do feel like Baylor and and this team they have a real shot to make a real run. So I'm excited right. for them. Uh, those two are obvious. So it get it gets this this could be where the discussion starts to happen. Mm-hmm. I also have in my must make the Final Four tier Florida State. Agreed. You agree with that? Yes, Coach Hamilton. So the big push. Roy Williams said it after they beat Florida State this year in Chapel Hill. He said Leonard Hamilton should be a lock. For the Hall of Fame. And then you have, of course, the people that come back and say, why? He's never made a Final Four. He's never made a Final Four. He's never done this. He's never done that. But obviously, Leonard Hamilton is a pillar in the game of college basketball. He's been around through so many iterations of the sport. He is literally an icon, an icon living. And I think if he goes to this Final Four, we finally get to give him his flowers. So for me, that's why he has to do this. Uh, Florida State's only Final Four is 1972. Also, Florida State of New Blood. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is that they've been really leaning into hashtag new mm-hmm. blood. And mm-hmm. if you're going to be a new blood, invented new blood, by the way, if you're going to be a new blood, you got to you got to have some blood. You got to mm-hmm. you got to make the final four to be even 
Yes. Yeah, even a new blood. Yes. Right. You, t- yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 2018. Uh, they're playing Michigan, which, which coincidentally, a lot mm. of 2018 themes mm-hmm. in this tournament. Loyola. Musselman. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Florida State. Others. Villanova. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Florida State. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, one and three in Sweet 16 games in his career. He has won the old Big East before. He has won mm. the new ACC titles so the two two of the strongest conferences in college basketball history but he's never been to a final four we we need we need that um i don't know florida state's gonna bring a lot of guys back i think and they're gonna be good for a while moving forward so it's not like now or never but at the same time that's what we're waiting on we're waiting on florida Mm -hmm. state to make the make the leap make the jump get the final four and it does seem like with florida state this year as a four seed there is less expectation on them to do it which i feel better about a lot of Mm -hmm. times with florida state you see the writing on the wall they have the talent you expect it to be the year and they come up short so fingers crossed for coach ham also in my must make the final four tier i have the houston cougars who have averaged 27 wins per season over the last four years uh, they, this is just the program's second sweet 16 since five slam and jamma though. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a little premature to say Houston must make that. Maybe it's like, that's a next year conversation, but Houston's getting to the point now where they're winning a ton of games in the American. And I'm, I'm ready to, to not think that they're frauds anymore. I'm ready for them to say, shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. a final four for you. To me, yeah, I think you're 100% right on the fact that they do need to make some noise, at least have something to hang their hat on, right? I mean, the Sweet 16 is a good start. I think this this got us somewhere where we can, you know, at least put a banner up and say, hey, we're back in the Sweet 16. Remember Fi Slamma Jamma, you know, remember Akiv, remember how great we used to be. Clyde Drexler, you know, we remember when he came back and tried to coach this program. That did not go well. So we've, yep. had, we've had Houston try to tap into that period in time and not be able to do it. I'm happy for Samson that he's been able to create this new iteration of Houston. I'm not sure that they have to make a Final Four, but they have to be respectable if they lose this game, right? Like if Syracuse comes in here, it has to be respectable. Like if Syracuse comes in and blows them out and Buddy Bayheim hits 9-10 threes and, you know, Jim Bayheim's giving the two-to-loo pretty soon, (laughs) that's not good for Houston, the program. Because like you said, we have the the greatest facade working in our favor, which is we are a 25 win. We we are up with the new bloods, the Mm -hmm. blue bloods, whatever. We're one of those teams. And you have to you have to play up to that level on this stage because now people are actually watching. And this is what we take away, right? I mean, the general consensus comes from the tournament, unfortunately. Exactly. Regardless yeah. of what yeah. happens at the regular season, that's what happens. Also, Kelvin Sampson has been to one Final Four. Mm. Uh, it was 2002 with Oklahoma. And you know who they lost to? Yeah. Indiana. Mm. Isn't that funny? Mm. Funny how life works and, sometimes. And that's his were, only Final Four appearance. Sampson was a one-seed at Oklahoma that year in the tournament. Uh, Q's also uh, obviously goes on to win the tournament. And apparently... No, this is 2 Oh, this is 2 Oh, so I'm talking to 3 yeah. 3 yeah. was when the, uh, Sampson was the one-seed with Oklahoma. But they played... Uh, Syracuse and Houston, the last time they played was in 2003. So a lot of Syracuse fans mm. are bringing this up, trying to. But mm. the last time we saw 2003 brought up, it was by, you know, Kate Cunningham. I was going to say, Kate <laughs> so Cun- maybe Kate Cunningham maybe was right. Don't bring up 03. No, maybe Kate Cunningham was right. It was like, this is going to be 2003 all over again. And Syracuse fans were like, you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. It's just, it, there's <laughs> our Carmelo. His name's Buddy <laughs> Beheim. Uh, so th- those are my, that's my must make the final four tier. That's good. I think that's a good tier. I call this next tier the, we would like it, but we don't need it yet. Mm hmm. Maybe Houston belongs in this, but I don't know. Houston, I I, I decided. When, to when you say up. that, I think Arkansas is the first team. Arkansas that jumps is the up first there. team that yeah. jumps out. I actually, I'm going to go through them real quick yeah, because please. I have four. Uh, I, I have a handful on here, but uh, four of them are coaches who are in year two: Arkansas, Alabama, UCLA, Michigan. Mm. All of these are in my. We don't need it yet because we have a coach who's in year two. We we're have the building, promise of a future. We're building yes. something here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we're very good. We would love it. As I said, we would love it. Mm -hmm. I, if I'm Alabama, I, I think I'm good enough to win a national title this year. I would love to go win the national championship. But if Alabama chokes along the way, if Alabama loses a close one in the lead eight. We got time. We got time. We got time. This, we'll we're very early in this process. Yes. Uh, Arkansas has had they, – they're not happy to be here. They're a program that won the 1994 title. They went to the title game in 95, almost went back-to-back. Um, they they have a lot of history, but it's been a while. 1996 mm -hmm. is the last Sweet 16, so there there's a little bit of that of like, okay, we got that monkey off our back. Now it would be nice to get back to the glory days, but we don't need it yet because we trust that Muss is going to be here and he's definitely not going to take the Indiana job. Um, and he's going to he, – we're, we're building something here, mm -hmm. right? So Arkansas – that, that's 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 how I explain this to you. I think Arkansas is a good one. I will say this. Arkansas is has the six most Final Fours. Uh, that's pretty wild. All time. That's you know wild. what I mean? And yeah. the schools in front of them are North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, so our school's on that list. Shout out to us. Um, but shout out to Arkansas because I think a lot of people, when they hear the program or hear the school, they do not necessarily think basketball. Maybe they think, like you said, the mid-90s. Right. That was this peak period of Carlos Arkansas. Williamson. Ex exactly. Yeah. But – this is a 40 program. minutes of hell. This program has been around for quite some time. I'm glad that Muss has tapped into the sleeping giant. And I think if you're an Arkansas fan, you have to take a little bit of pride and say, we expect to be in the final four. That's who we yeah. are as a program. And that's the only reason I would say maybe you I, bump them up. I think you say that out loud, but then deep down, you're you, like, you, you're, you're in like, this tier. You're like, yeah. well, you're like, I'm okay though. <laughs> it's good to be back in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, Alabama has never made a final four in the program's history. Uh, the only elite eight they ever made was 2004. So again, yep. I, I think the expectation in Tuscaloosa has now become like we're we, we're building something here. Nate mm -hmm. Oates is killing it on the recruiting trail. He's talking smack to Coach K. Uh, Alabama has given him a ton of money, um, and and there's a promise for the future. So we don't need to we don't need to do it now. But at the same time, we got a pretty good team now. So that would be nice if 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 we make it happen. And now. Alabama would be the first team outside of Florida to win a national championship in football and basketball in the same year if they were able to do it. I don't year. need to be reminded of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. Too soon, I'm sorry. I'm so. sorry, Greg. <laughs> Uh, also, UCLA. I you, you disagree with this one. Mm. I have UCLA on this list because Mick Cronin, it's year two for Mick Cronin. You lose Chris Smith, uh, tears, his, tears every ligament in his knee. Tears the his Cinderella ACL. of Westwood. Cinderella. The program has won the most national championships. <laughs> so good. Love it. Uh, UCLA is not. <laughs> you can't have it both ways, UCLA. <laughs> yeah, yes, they can. They literally can. They're doing it. That's how they do it. That is UCLA fandom. Oh. It's like. They, they figure out a way to have it both ways. UCLA has not been to the Elite Eight since 2008, since the Ben Howland run to three straight Final Fours. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they've been a little, since as, as you brought up to me off the air, that Ben Howland was like, no one cares if we can go to the Final Four at UCLA. You have to win national titles. Yep. And then UCLA said, that's a good point. You're fired. <laughs> And, and, and then since then they've been they've been wandering then in the desert trying to figure it out and now they're back in the Sweet 16, um, but it's year two for McCronin so like yeah I think I think UCLA obviously the standard for the program is to get back to competing for national titles but they have time yes. they have Peyton Watson coming in mm -hmm. next year McCronin is building something this was not supposed to be the year that like they compete for the title per se. We said it was the year of 2018. I think it may have been the year of 1995 because when I think of UCLA and Arkansas, that's the year I think of. And I think of Jim Herrick and I think of, you know, like you said, th this was a period in time where they knew what the standard was of UCLA basketball. We have to do whatever it takes, however many escalades we have to get, we have to win a national championship. They did it in 95. They, they were like, we're set. We're good. Arizona won at 97. They're like, baby packed. Who's going to stop the pack 10? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're on unstoppable basketball now it's 2021 we're, we're so far removed from that period in time 
And UCLA has now become an underdog of sorts. And in this tournament, their defense has been able to, to get to a level to compete and to contend. And the best part about it, as Ben Hallen has had, Ben Hallen went through the, the washover period where UCLA fans had to marinate and say, I guess it isn't national championships or bust. Right. Yeah. Like that that's not that's not who we are. And final fours were pretty cool. We didn't enjoy them because we did lose. But man, I really I really wish we should have because two thousand eight feels like forever ago. It's the best thing that ever happened in Mick Cronin because now Sweet 16 feels great. It feels great. And Elite and, Eight feels yeah. amazing. Yeah. If they go to the Final Four, it. this is the greatest <laughs> thing that's happened to UCLA basketball I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he got the stench off of the whole program. He's Thank amazing. you, Ben Hallen. The Wizard of Westwood, they call him. And, and that's why, for me, UCLA, even being in this tier, I'm like... You know what I mean? Just, just they're happy to be here almost, and uh, and that is crazy to think to think about when you look at this program all time. I UCLA is going to be very good next year, though. Yeah, yeah. Peyton Watson. They're bringing a lot of these guys back, mm -hmm. and I I actually have them at number. Where did I have them? Twelve or thirteen on my top fourteen and a half. Mm -hmm. Way too early. My way too early top fourteen and a half. I have UCLA at twelve for next season. Yeah, oh. that's, that's how much I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, our, the, the other one, the last one I had was, uh, Michigan in a year, year two coach, uh, 2018, 2013 runner up, as we know, Juwan Howard is building the same thing. Number one recruiting class next year. I think Michigan would love to, uh, uh, obviously they're, they're a one seed this year. They would love mm -hmm. to do, but no Isaiah livers. The future is bright in, in, in Ann Arbor. They don't need it this year per se. If, so. if Beeline was still at Michigan, this is a very hypothetical situation, but if Beeline was still there, they would be in Gonzaga's territory. That's all I want to say. Like if if we had John Beeline and they lost in 2013 and we have 2018, they would be, we have to win a title. That that would yeah. that would be where the fan base is. That's that's where Beeline would be. That's where the program would be. And I think in my opinion, that's the beauty of Jawan Howard, right? He got this great situation where you should be contending for a national championship based on the precedent that was set by your predecessor, but you still have the luxury of like, we got time. We have a bright future. We'll figure it out. Right. Right. Uh, next on my list, by the way, is Creighton and we can talk yes. about Creighton ourselves, but why, why should we talk about Creighton when <laughs> we have a man with us now who knows more about Creighton basketball than anybody? It is the star <laughs> point guard of the Creighton Blue Jays, Marcus Zagorowski. And Marcus, uh, I want to I want to just say this: the Creighton Blue Jays are in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1974. When you're on your recruiting trip and you're being shown all the great players that have been through there, all the great teams that have that have uh, you know played in Omaha, and and you hear those words out loud that this is the first time since 1974, what what goes through your mind? Um, it's just surreal. You know, I just think you know it just shows how much how much time we put into this season and um, just how much work we put in. And, you know, I'm just so happy, you know, to be able to be the first team, you know, especially since, you know, there's been so many great teams that have came through and through here. And, you know, obviously, you know, without those teams, you know, there is no, you know, sweet 16 for us. So credit to them as well. Mm -hmm. And Marcus, I have to ask this because you guys, you know, come to this tournament, you get a, a very tough draw. Traditionally, you get a 5-12 game. That's always, you know, people love the upset. You have a test against UCSB. Then you take on the Cinderella story in Ohio um, and you guys are able to knock them out. Are you happy now to at least not be playing a Cinderella team and at least you can be the underdog and enjoy that experience finally? You know, I, I, I mean, I try and approach every game, you know, the same, especially in March Madness where, you know, every team is, is able to beat you. But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, everyone had us, you know, losing that first game. And then, you know, a lot of people had us losing, you know, this next game. But, um, you know, the key for me is just focus on, you know, what I, what I can control. And, you know, that's my teammates and my coaching staff.
Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that is the desire is, is just treat every game the same. But coming up, you guys are now playing the team that has been ranked number one in, in the country the entire season. They're undefeated. Uh, it is a team that most are, are expecting to win the national championship. Obviously, you said the first two rounds, maybe people didn't give you guys much of a shot. They're really not going to give you a shot in this one, Marcus. Is that something that I'm sure you guys are talking about going into this game? What, what is the vibe in the locker room? Is you, you try to treat every game the same, but this one has to feel a little different, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, this, this, this one around is definitely different, you know. I mean, Gonzaga is, you know, they've been number one the whole year. They're, you know, I, everyone has them winning the whole thing. And, um, you know, I'm just excited. And, and you know, for me, um, I'm just trying to, you know, just tell my teammates and, you know, just make sure, you know, we're, we're confident going into this game and, you know, believe we can win because I think we can win. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, I have to ask, you know, just from the basketball, you know, being in the controlled environment, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, watching all the games, are you enjoying that? Because we've had some of the other guys come on and say, you know, Corey Kispert told us, he was like, all I do is just watch the games in my downtime. Is that what you're doing as well? Or are you trying to do your best to, to play your game and then kind of just chill and stay out of all the other BS while you get ready for your next game? Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I brought my Xbox, you know, I've been playing <laughs> there you that, go. You know, <laughs> playing that, you know. Wi-Fi is pretty uh, pretty good, so that's good. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch some games. You know, I, I have some friends on on on, uh, on other teams that are playing in in this tournament as well. So I, you know, just watch them and support them. But yeah, it, it, I can't lie, it is pretty boring. But you know, it's out of it's out of our control. Mar- Marcus, I'm sure you're aware of this. When you guys beat Ohio uh, to, to advance this Sweet 16, you, you played this game in Hinkle Fieldhouse. I believe this was your first win in Hinkle Fieldhouse. Did, did, did <laughs> were you aware of this before I brought this up? Yeah, I think it's close. Max first winning. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But yeah, it's yeah. That was. I, I mean, I was aware of it. You know, it, there were a lot of you know conversations about you know yeah. not being able to win there in in the past. But you know, I try not to get you know too in depth with that. You know, I I it's, I mean, they they changed the rims and changed the court. You know, so that yeah. was good. Well, I, I, I had the uh, we, we had that observation because we noticed yeah. some of the Big Ten teams were like losing in Mac Arena and. Uh, you know, it dawned on me that you guys had never really won in Hinkle. And I was thinking, man, that's kind of cruel of the NCAA that you guys lose in Hinkle all the time. And then they're like, go play in Hinkle again. And I'm sure there's some part of you walking into that arena and you're like, damn it, not again. <laughs> we have to do yeah. this again. Uh, yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of your run in the Big East, um, you you guys in the Big East tournament will say you laid an egg. We'll, 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 we'll soften egg. it. Yeah. We'll, we'll say just against Georgetown in the Big East title game, it, things did not go well. Um how have for, for guys like Tate and I, we, we try to figure out based on what happens in conference tournament play, what we're going to see out of teams in NCAA tournament. And it's all over the place. There are teams like you, you look at the Big Ten, Illinois and Ohio State, they play for the Big Ten title and they're both out and they both were bad. And, and meanwhile, Georgetown, who beat you guys, they, they lose in the first round. You guys are playing well. So what is it? What was your secret? How, how, do, how does a team like like Creighton? play so poorly we'll say in the title game the biggest title game and you've turned it around now now you're playing good basketball again what how, what was that turnaround like I mean you know obviously yeah we definitely laid an egg versus Georgetown you know it was one of those games where just nothing was going away and everything was falling for Georgetown and uh you know the key for us was to just focus on you know the, the next step and that's March Madness you know we knew we could you know either fold from this or, or build on it and uh you know F, you know as of late we're building on it and um you know the key for us is just keep it going Mm-hmm. And Marcus, I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, some of the players, like some of the older players in this tournament have talked about trying to just get to the tournament, trying to get to this point in time, and then they were going to be, you know, ready to turn it on. Was there a little bit of that with you? You know, you guys are more of a veteran team a little bit where you're just like, I just want to get to March and then we'll lock in and then we'll go. Has it been a relief to finally get to this point? 
yeah, you know, especially this year where it's been tough, you know, it's, you know, we're all in unfamiliar territory with this year with, you know, a lot of games with no fans and just with COVID controlling a lot of things. But, and, and, you know, for us to get here and, you know, especially, you know, our getting our season taken away last year on such a high note and uh, yep. getting here now, it kind of feels like oh, we're finally here and now it's time to really capitalize on it. And as, as of late, we, as of late we are, and, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what comes forward. Yeah. I got to ask you about one of your teammates because uh, <laughs> this is a man I've fallen in love with. His name is Mitch Ballack, and he will shoot from anywhere on the court. In fact, I, I want to show you something because I uh, I was watching the Seton Hall game, and I was just gobsmacked at what I saw, and and I, I broke it down. So I want, I want you to watch it. You weren't on the court for this, so I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I, I want to show you this and then uh, get your thoughts from what your perspective was. Do we, do we, have, the, do we have the clip? Right out of the gate, we have a horn set. He goes left, not a surprise, but holy shit, we're putting him in the blender. Now, Balak has a lot of options here. He could shoot it, but he's got a hand in his face. Probably not the smart play. Could dump it in, but that's only worth two points, and we're creating. We don't like that. We're going to swing it, throw it to the corner, drive and kick off the face. The whole reason we did all that is to get this ball right here in our leading scorer's hands. He's got the ball right there, enough space to make a play, a lot of options. Let's see what he decides. Oh. Well, so so when you see that, Marcus, you weren't on the court for that. You were on the bench for that. Uh, this is something that happens all the time. The Mitch just pulls from there. What, what, have you ever been surprised by him? <laughs> has, has he ever shot? Have you ever been on a court with him? You pass him the ball and he shoots and you're like, whoa, I, I didn't see that coming. You know, he's been doing it since I've, you know, been, been in college. You know, he's, I mean, he works on it every day. Like I see it, you know, after or before or after every practice, he just, works on those half court shots you know like he shoots them deeper in practice but then in games it just it's like easy so you know my perspective it's like it's a regular shot for him like yeah i know like from from your eye from your from, from your point of view you're like wow this is crazy but like from i i see it every day so it's like it's regular for him and you know it's a it's it's a crazy i mean he's done it so many times since i've been in college and you know I, hopefully yeah, hopefully he gets one in versus gonzaga has, has coach awesome. has coach ever like pulled him aside and been like, all right, Mitch, that's I mean, you got a green light, but like not that green. I mean, come on, you're not you're not stepped over here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's never really said that because he's wow. coach coach sees him work on it as well in practice. So yeah, you know he's big. If you if you work on it, you can do it in the game. Well, you 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 have just inspired a generation of kids watching this yes. that are like, all right, well, I guess I'm yeah, gonna go don't to the gym. Blame yeah. Mitch. Like all these kids are gonna be like, Coach, I've been working on this, and I've been working on my half court shot. Coach, I watch Creighton play. I'm allowed to do this. Uh, Marcus, <laughs> thanks so much for giving giving us some time, man. Best of luck against Gonzaga. Go go uh go surprise some more people. Go play go, some Xbox. Chill yeah, out. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that was great. I'm I'm so glad that you played that clip. That was such a that was such a great moment in time. I I, I was so glad that he is unfazed by it. Uh, that's because that's that's what I expected. I but I I was worried that some small part of him's like, yeah, we hate it when he does that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we yeah. hate that. Yeah. We hate that. There's eight seconds left on the shot clock, and Mitch Ballack's like, I got oh, it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. swing it. <laughs> Um, do we have do we have more of your? Well, your yeah, list I was to gonna go say. Yeah, so I was, going, next yeah. on my list was Creighton, and it and it felt weird to we had Marcus on the line. I didn't yeah, want to like yeah. talk about <laughs> Marcus. Talk know. about your legacies. <laughs> <laughs> Break down the legacy. He's like, I'm just trying to play Xbox, man. Um, so hang on, where where were we? We were we were at Creighton. Uh, yeah, Creighton Creighton was on my list of 
would like it, but we don't need it yet. Because mm. as we said, this is their first Sweet 16 since 1974. Crane's a new blood. We'll give it um, a point. This is this is Greg McDermott's first Sweet 16 in his entire career. You mean he, Doug McDermott Sr.? Doug, Doug McDermott Sr. We, we have found this fascinating. A lot of people, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this at times. Uh, call Greg McDermott Doug McDermott. And, uh, and, and it's the when, G's. It's and, the G on the end. And, that, and sometimes they just say yeah. senior, uh, just to like clarify. And yeah. it's it's a fun bit. But uh, yeah, Creighton, to me, they're they're perfectly in this category. I think making Never made a Final Four in program history. Making the Sweet 16, getting the 1974 stat out of the way, that was yeah. huge. That they uh, also Creighton. I, I I was surprised by this because Creighton basketball has been a. Th- I've been aware of the yeah, Creighton program for a while, quite some time. Um, but I I would have assumed that this was not true, but it is that only five teams in the the program's history has have been ranked in the top ten at some point in the season. Only five seasons have that has that happened, and four of them have been in the last eight years. Wow. Does that make sense, what I just said to yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it definitely makes so sense. So, like, a lot I, of their run yeah. of success has been recently. So it's new blood. It is very much new blood. Mm. And uh, for that reason, I think they would they would like to have it because Creighton has been, in my mind, Creighton has been a national player for a while. And they Since, like, the 70s. Yeah. Well, and even even the, the even Greg, when we were yeah when yeah, I was a kid, Creighton, even the Greg yeah. McDermott era has been you know they, they've been they've been yeah. they've been the foil for Villanova. It feels mm-hmm. like every single year, it's like every year you go in, you're like, all right, Villanova's probably going to win the Big East, but Creighton could challenge them. Yeah, it's kind of like the yeah. St. Marys of yeah yeah right. Yeah. They're the, the St. Marys of the Big yeah, East exactly. Um, and for them to now get over the Sweet Sixteen hump, I think uh, th- there's not a feeling of we're happy to be here. I think they could beat Gonzaga. I think that mm-hmm. that they match up well with Gonzaga. Um, but at the same time, there's no Creighton fan on earth is like, we must win this game. And you know what's really funny? I uh, Last year, we did our preview for the tournament as we were talking about things, and Zigorowski was, our, I think, our number one Kimba candidate. You know yeah, what I mean? Was, and, 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 now, and now we go into this year, we spent the whole year, you almost get fatigued by guys, and you don't even think about it, Zigorowski, mm-hmm. and he has obviously gotten his guys to the Sweet 16. Uh, finally on my list of we would love it, but we don't need it is uh, USC. This is just their second Elite Eight since 1954. Or no, they are seeking their second Elite Eight. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. If they win mm-hmm. the, they, they went to Elite Eight in 2001. They, uh, it, they've not been to the Final Four since 1954. Um, I think USC is is uh, they're they're very good. Obviously, Evan Mobley is awesome. Isaiah Mobley is. Uh, we, we talked we talked about Been him great. too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no USC fans like we have to win the title. We have to. The, the, there is no more expectation for USC. I was gonna say you can see right here, Dick Vitale. The fact that he tweeted tip of the hat to USC hoops and Andy Infield that already says your job is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? That says that you have impressed us. You have showed us something on the national well, stage, and we're okay with as it. As it we're pertains good. to Andy Infield, he was in he was in dangerous Shaka territory for a second where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shaka had Dunk the, City makes the run. He gets the big job, and then everyone doesn't really like, do anything since then. Do it again. Yeah, do it again. He's like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how I did it the first He's time. He's like, make us a 15 seed. Don't yeah. try. <laughs> I don't know how I did it the first time. Uh, infield had in, in 2017, USC play wins the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Then they play SMU in the first round, an 11-6 matchup. They beat SMU by two. And that those are the only two NCAA tournament wins that Andy Enfield had at USC before this season. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he did the run with that uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Not a whole lot to show for it since. Uh, so now he's, he's, he's shown something. He's shown mm-hmm. us something. But with that, that's why I don't think any USC fans like, now we have to definitely get to the Final Four. I'm going to be bummed out. Like, you'd like to. You just beat the snot out of Oregon last time you played him. Um, but, you know. 
I think you have some some reasonable expectations here. I remember in like 2015, 2016, or maybe a little bit before that, there was like USC was set on the Bagleys. They were they were going to have the Bagley they family. They offered the entire Bagley exactly. family. Exactly. <laughs> and and then on the flip side, UCLA offered the whole Ball family, and it mm-hmm. felt like you know this was going to be kind of like the the dominoes towards the future of these two programs. And the fact that we're here, we're not associated with either one of those. You know, Marcus Bagley's at Arizona State. You know, mm-hmm. Marvin ends up going to Duke. You know, history is history. Lamelo. Get better soon um but regardless usc ucla on the flip side of that are totally i mean these, these are look like top tier programs and you got potentially the number one pick in evan mobley yep. and if you're gonzaga you know that whole driving kick you know fluid motion offense that you got going on it's gonna look a little bit different when that guy's rim protecting yeah and and, and it's not an option to go drive to the basket and uh you know what i mean kicking it out is what they want you to do because we got the rim protected I, I USC is a team that if they could get past Oregon, uh, they're on high alert for me. The the Elite Eight, you're saying the Elite Eight game for Gonzaga yes. has if, your attention. If, Either, if, whether if it's Oregon, Oregon or if USC. If Oregon yeah. beats USC, I think that's good news for Gonzaga. That's what I'm saying. I disagree with that. I think mm. I think either one is bad news for it. Like, not bad news in that these teams are going to be better. He's a Gonzaga. bad matchup. Oregon's a bad matchup. I think they're both bad matchups for you. For Oregon, Gonzaga. I feel a little bit better about, uh, but he's singular. Like, this kid is different. I just want to say, if you haven't <laughs> watched different. Evan Mobley, like, just watch him play as far as the d- defensive side of the ball, not even on offense. I mean, I understand you could see it on offense. You're like, oh, this guy has huge hands, a lot of ability. I, I see the foundation yeah. for something great. But defensively, he already is great. Yeah. I'm serious. Like, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying. I also think Oregon. I think just whoever yeah, wins. Yeah. I. I, mean, I don't think. I don't think if I'm a Gonzaga fan, I'm cheering for either team. I'm just because like, I, I am I, cheering for Oregon. <laughs> as a, as someone pulling for Gonzaga to win this championship to to make it make sense, I am pulling for Oregon. Uh. All right. So USC. Um. Yeah. They were last on my would like it, but they don't need it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh. List. So my next tier is uh the been there done that tier, and the reason I I put this is because the to me these are the four programs that have to win a national title to really shake up legacies or to like make a difference in terms of how we view. Yeah. To make a dent in any way. Yeah. Um, Because they've already been, they've already done, they've already gone to the final four recently. They've Mm -hmm. already kind of, they've been there. They've done that. The the only thing (laughs) that, the only thing that you can do at this point is add trophies. Um, And yeah, so that's why they're, they're at that tier. And the four are uh, Syracuse, Villanova, Mm -hmm. Oregon, and Loyola. Those are my four. Syracuse has, as a double-digit seed, made the Final Four. We saw that in 2016. Jim yep. Beheim has already won a title. Now, if Jim Beheim wins another title, unlikely with this team, but... 2003. We already heard it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. who knows? Uh, if Jim Beheim adds another title, the critics, the haters, are they're silenced forever, mm-hmm. right? And also, he might retire. If Jim Beheim wins a title this year, he's retiring in his press conference, right? Beheim, Buddy's going pro. Buddy Beheim's going pro. Mm-hmm. And Jim's like, I'm done. This is all I've ever wanted is to win a title with the real Carmelo, my son. Yes. He, he's <laughs> like, this is how it was supposed to look. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is mm-hmm. the better This is the better version of 2003. We also got Carmelo sh- shouting out Buddy Beheim, calling him a shooter. Buddy Beheim called himself a bucket. Shout out to Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. He said, I am Buddy Buckets. Let me introduce myself to the world. I do think you're right, though. If Buddy Beheim goes at least, I mean, if he goes to the Final Four, he's going to the draft. And I think if he goes yeah. to the draft, Jim Beheim is looking around and saying, what am I doing here? Yeah. yeah. But in terms of like Beheim's legacy of how we view Syracuse as a program, all that kind of stuff, if if they go to the Final Four, I don't think it really changes much, does it? Cool. Do you, I, I don't think that changes. I think like Syracuse has to win a title for us to like view Beheim differently. Or like we, he's already a legend. He's already won everything. He's already, he's been there. He's done My that. My one gripe, when you show the wins, 
when you show the wins, when you show the graphic, everyone shows the graphic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, show the updated graphic. That's all I gotta say for yeah. Jim Beheim. The 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 ones without the 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 wins taken away. Mm -hmm. That's what you say. Mm -hmm. It's more. I think it's more fun to have them taken away because you can celebrate a thousand wins twice now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just do it. Who cares? Uh, Villanova is another one. You've won two titles recently. Jay Wright now is a is. It's hilarious how. For the longest five years ago, no one trusted Jay Wright in March. Now Villanova's in the Sweet 16, and people are like, you dumb idiot. Sure, he lost Colin Gillespie, but mm -hmm. it's still Jay Wright on the bench. Mm -hmm. Why would you not trust Jay mm -hmm. Wright in March? Mm -hmm. And it's funny how that changes so fast. Um, but yeah, Villanova... Lost if, to NC State in 2015, lost to Nigel Hayes, you know, 2017. If yeah. Villanova goes to the Final Four again, I don't think that changes how anybody views Jay Wright. If Villanova loses Villanova's by 30... If they, 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 are, they are doing victory laps at this point. And Villanova is the perfect example. We talked about Gonzaga. Villanova went 1985. Of course, they're in the Big East, but they are the ultimate underdog. They're an eight seed. They upset Patrick Ewing, who's going for back-to-back -back championships. They are the Cinderella story of the modern NCAA tournament. And now they are a blue blood. Like, they have come full circle and that's what Gonzaga's yeah. trying to do and I, I i just got told in my ear that andy katz is on the line he's, la he? he's laughing at us because he's like i'm the tier god you yeah, guys don't like, know anything like, about tears. Yeah, why please, are they doing tears without me he's andy, getting fired up andy so please help us with our tears <laughs> andy what good afternoon everyone good to see you're you, throwing andy. it back at us uh andy we're just going through the tears we're trying to figure <laughs> out like what legacies are on the line here with coaches with programs and we were just talking to like syracuse and villanova like jim Beheim. Who, at the, he's done everything there is to do. If he doesn't win a national title, I don't. Is anybody going to view Jim Beheim differently? I feel that way about Jay Wright. Like what? The only thing you can really do is collect trophies at this point. He's already, he already has the full trust of everybody. You disagree? Yeah, no. I mean, his legacy is cemented. That um, was interesting what you just said before, uh, as I was in the waiting room waiting for for you guys to invite me in. Um, <laughs> I actually hadn't thought about Buddy Beheim leaving early. But he could. You're right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm convinced that once Buddy Bam's career is over, which would be next year if he stays, that Jim Bam will retire. Um, so if he did go to the draft, would that push it by a year? Maybe. Uh, it could. But I'll tell you this. Um, I've got them advancing to the Elite Eight mm -hmm. against Sister Jean. And... Uh, they certainly could win that. So as yep. crazy as it is, for the well, this this is the what third time they've been a double digit seed since 2016, so 16, 18, and yep. um, 21 that they're at the Sweet 16 as a double digit seed. But as crazy as it is, they're one of the last teams in. They could get to the Final Four. The the draw I is definitely favorable. Yeah, yeah, I see a path. Andy, how are you doing? How are you holding up? How 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 is uh, life with the uh, at the big boy desk going? Thank You've you been for great, Andy. Thank you for coming back and visiting us. Yeah, are, are they treating you well? We notice you do a selfie every day before you start, where you got the big smile. And we noticed on day one, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie was smiling with you. Ernie was smiling with you. By day four, Ernie was not paying a lick of attention to your <laughs> selfie. So, I, I, what's the vibe like on the desk, Andy? <laughs> uh, it's tremendous. Um, there is a reason there that top. You know, sports show uh, the last 30 years, um, they've been great. They welcome me in as a family member, if you will, um, especially, you know, within COVID. You know, there are obviously a lot of protocols on the campus there, and yet we've still been able to distance, uh, even offset, you know, spend time together and with masks. And um, they've been tremendous. I cannot ask for anything better. 
I feel like I fit right in. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of barbs back and forth, but you got to <laughs> take them and dish them out uh, within reason. And, um, yeah, I mean, I it could not have gone better. And I can't wait for Saturday to Tuesday. And Andy, we have to ask, I mean, do you, do you feel the pressure of America looking at you and saying, Andy, please explain college basketball to these people? Because it, <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? It feels like every game they come back and they're like, Andy, what happened? <laughs> it's your job to explain it. No, 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 no. I will tell you this. Um, and look, I don't pretend to know every NBA, um, you know, player or coach. Yep, yep. In fact, the Oklahoma City Thunder were staying in my hotel last week and I completely blanked on who the head coach of the Thunder is. I challenged the two of you uh, to name them. Um, and uh, what's that? Brad Stevens. Can you name the Oklahoma City Thunder coach? I no, I can't. We were just talking about the other day. He Titus was I like, don't know the, the coach Pacers of the Pacers. Coach. I was like Nate Borkin. He's like who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't pretend to know that. Um, but I will say this: they do a phenomenal job of watching and analyzing like that, yep. um, you know, of really picking apart for teams that they had not seen, obviously, uh, throughout the course of the season. And Ernie's the best. He is the best is. host there is. Uh, he's an unbelievable human being, a great father. Uh, and so, yeah, I can't – I have nothing but, you know, uh, wonderful things to say about all of them. It's mm. been great, Andy. It's been great to see uh, so we were bearing the lead a little bit, yeah. Andy. Would you? Uh, I, I was told the reason you wanted to come on the show this week was to apologize. Oh, wait, wait. You invited me. What do you mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I was told. I was told by Louise, our producer, that Andy wanted to come on uh, and apologize for all the blatant disrespect of the mm. Pac-12. That Tate and I were were trying to stick up for the Pac-12 all season. I, I remember looking at your power <laughs> rankings. I said, "This is ridiculous. You have no, you have no Pac-12 teams in these tiers." There's Where's zero the 12 tiers. I said, why, asked. why is it when Colorado loses to Cal, it means Colorado sucks. But when Ohio state loses to Michigan state, it means the, the, mm. the bottom of the big 10 is very strong. Um, apologize, I guess. I don't even have a question. I have a statement. <laughs> apologize. Andy. Apologize to all the PAC 12 listeners for the disrespect. Okay, the look, <laughs> I'm not alone in undervaluing the PAC 12 this year. Um, although by the way, I did MC and host their media day in the fall. And so actually that quote from Wayne Tinkle about how they won't finish 12th. That was when we were doing our preview in, in the fall. Um, so, but I, I also would say, uh, and I'm not trying to defend the Big Ten um, because it's been, you know, atrocious. Uh, but matchups do matter. Mm. There's no question that matchups matter. For example, look at Colorado. You brought up Colorado. The difference in the way Colorado played against Georgetown and Florida State is as much of who they played, mm -hmm. you know, 16 threes against Georgetown 11 in the first half, because they have completely different personnel than Florida state does in the way they defend their length athleticism. They couldn't get a shot off against Florida state, you know, UCLA did not play well the last four games. Uh, I know I heard it from Bruins fans when I kind of questioned if they should even be in, well, mm -hmm. I wasn't alone. They were in the first four. Uh, because they really only had one win in the last six weeks over a tournament team, and that was Oregon State. But Jaime Jaquez and Johnny Juzang have found their offense, yep. and they are playing great. They beat a very inconsistent Michigan State team. They got BYU, and they beat them at their own game. And then, look, it matters. They played Abilene Christian 
versus Texas. Mm -hmm. That matters. Mm -hmm. Villanova fans, they're all over me right now because I had Villanova toward the bottom of the power rankings. Well, they beat Winthrop in North Texas. Mm -hmm. So now they're going up against Baylor. You talk about big boy table. That's big boy Mm -hmm. team right there. Okay. Um, That matters. You have to judge them. So it's not just rankings matchups, but you also have to judge them who they played and how they played. Uh, and I think it matters. So you do know, you, Oregon State, hold on, hold on, Oregon State and Oral Roberts. Yeah. Oral Roberts had to beat Ohio State and Florida. Yep. Oregon yep. State had to beat Tennessee and Oklahoma State. And I know it's you only can do what you got in front of you, but that should matter of who they had to beat. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. So all these conversations about the conferences, though, that the Big Ten is a huge disappointment. The Big 12 uh, is a huge disappointment. Baylor's the only Big 12 team left, but the Pac-12 is dominating. Um, do you think that we're all wasting our, our oxygen trying to frame it that way? Do, like, do, are, are you a subscriber to conferences don't win NCAA tournament games? Teams do? And, and teams win yes. titles? Yeah. Yes, because are we suddenly going to say the WCC is the best conference in America because Gonzaga wins? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I still believe that the Big Ten was the best conference in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They have failed miserably in the postseason. <laughs> uh, you cannot explain Ohio State and Purdue. They played incredibly poor. Mm-hmm. Iowa tried to run with Oregon, but that's what Iowa does, and they couldn't keep up. Uh, and they got, you know, wasted. A uh, bad matchup for Maryland against Alabama. Mm-hmm. But let's not – the thing with Maryland and Wisconsin – while they did not, while they got blown out in their second round games, I do think we have to at least say, you know, Wisconsin torched, uh, you know, uh, Tate's Carolina team in the first round. What happened, Andy? Uh, <laughs> and Maryland completely locked up UConn, which was sort of a buzz favorite for a lot of people. Yep. Uh, so they should get credit for that. And then at the end of the day, the most consistent team overall, Michigan, is still standing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, Rutgers, they're never going to live that down. They should have won that, that was, game. That was tough. That was tough to watch. They should have won yeah. that game. They, you that know, Brendan Haywood, who was on the call, I thought did a great job is that um, Brendan Haywood basically said that, um, you know, they were in prevent offense, like, yeah. like a football yeah. team almost. Right. And that's what they were doing those last couple of minutes against Houston. Mm. And Andy, just looking at the Sweet 16 and some of the storylines going into it, I mean, we got this dead period where, you know, we're waiting till games until Saturday. You know, what what are the stories that are going on on the ground in Indianapolis? Like, are you keeping up with that? Are we are we trying to find out storylines in between this? Or are we just trying to kind of wait and see? I know we just had Zigarowski come on. He said, you know, it's very boring, you know, as they're waiting around to get games going again. Yeah, I think when all things are said and done, um, but this was done for television. Let's not kid ourselves mm-hmm. here. Um, I think they probably should have started up. Uh, what's today? Today's what's today? Wednesday? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, you know, they easily could have started up uh, tomorrow or Friday. That's what I feel um, like. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, you know, they thought I, my gut is, and I don't know the answer to this. Obviously, they wanted Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, for television. And then we'll see how the Monday, Tuesday works out. The one thing I do think that we're going to like on the back end that now feels kind of like we're wasting time is for the first time ever, Saturday and Sunday, 
every game's in its own window. Yep, that mm-hmm. is cool. And that I think we are going to love this yeah. weekend because it, it's hard when the games are competing against each other. And uh, if you have everything on a Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, with one after another, I think people are going to really like that. I could see that happening. It won't feel as long if next year we are in a normal situation and the teams go home. Uh, you know, I think that'll be a big difference. And they're allowed to be on campus and things are exciting. And then they come back. You know, yes, it's probably boring right now. Yesterday, they, they all went to the zoo and they <laughs> took the day off because everyone was tired. So they're probably going to practice today, practice tomorrow, practice Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams play Sunday. It'll really feel long. And Creighton's one of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that it, it, for the players, for everyone else that's covering it, this is going to be kind of a, a long three days. Uh, but I really believe after Sunday night, we're going to feel like, wow, that was pretty cool that we saw every game by itself. Well, mm. because, of, because of the weird schedule, because of uh, it all taking place in one location, um, because VCU has to bow out involuntarily, um, and, and just the circumstances of this tournament, Andy, what Tate and I are seeing more and more of is that people are calling it a Mickey Mouse tournament. <laughs> They're saying that this tournament shouldn't Who are count. These people? I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's, we're we're I, hearing I it. I don't know we're who's saying it. it. Who we're is hearing saying it? it. No, and, but here's the thing. I want actually. I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. And I know people get mad if I say Mark instead of Titus. Um, but <laughs> that's all right. My mom does it. She loves it. That, yeah. she, she loves when people call me by right. name. Yeah. So I know you tweeted that out. Maybe I took it out of context. <laughs> but here's the thing about the asterisk and who you know, tweeted it, Andy? <laughs> I was happy. All right. Okay. At the end of the day, no one would have known who Max Asmus was. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has had, and Kevin O'Banner from Oral Roberts, like he's had the moments of his lot of his life. I mean, tremendous. He'll be able to build off this forever. Yep. Number one. Number two, even though they lost Tanner Groves. Mm. Okay. That looks like a lumberjack goes for 35 <laughs> against Kansas. You know, that wouldn't be seen. Mm. Um, the fact that, you know, we're getting Loyola beating Illinois. Crutwig. Historic upset in that sense. Cameron Crutwig. Buddy Bayheim, mm-hmm. uh, You know, North Texas obviously winning. Um, you know, I could go on. Obviously, like the greatness of Gonzaga and Baylor. Uh, the way Alabama's playing. Must bust. Um, yeah. I mean, these things would not have happened. And I do believe, to Marcus's point about boring and all this, and everything they've gone through, um, that we shouldn't asterisk because this was hard, yes. really hard. People mm-hmm. had to opt out, decide to opt out. Um, they got to get through these next two weeks, and then they got their freedom. Um, but this was not easy. So I would not go through and, and talk to anyone that had to quarantine, whether they had it or were contact traced. And, you know, Iona went 50 days without a game and got a March Madness moment. So, you know. I, I think it's totally worth it. But here's if I, a, can I use your platform for one other thing? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Please, Andy. I don't want to get in the weeds of what went wrong with the way they handled things at the women's tournament. But I do want to get this out because I wanted to say this, and it's hard in different platforms. So I'm going to use you for a moment. Please. Love it, Andy, um, please. I really wish that the women would have gone in April this particular year. Mm. And I say that because they made the decision late 
okay, not until early February to go to Texas. You're trying to put on a tournament with 64 teams. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just telling you a fact in like six weeks. If they had waited till April, a couple things would have happened. One, you get your own television windows. And I know you got to get ESPN on board there, but still, you get your own thing. You're not competing against CBS and TBS and some of the brand names on the men's side, ratings-wise and mm-hmm. attention-wise. So that's number one. Get your, you know, have it all to yourselves. Have the full um, army, if you will, of people that work within the NCAA and the membership to your tournament. Right now, by nature of the two tournaments going on at the same time, which I know normally happens, but they really are competing now uh, more so than ever in terms of actual days. You know, the staffs are probably 75-25. I may be wrong on my percentages, but if you add it after the men, you could have your entire staff um, working it. And also... If it were later, that might have had programs like Duke, okay, that might have said, you know what, we'll get through this pause period because they had, you know, they obviously had a difficult December and decided to opt out, women. Maybe they would have said, you know what, we got time. Yeah. Let's get through this. We're going to have our full tournament, full participation in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they missed the boat on that. Uh, and maybe it was broached and I don't know it, but I think this would have been the year to separate the two and have attention on men then all the attention on the women right because I I, I I know tate and i have uh we we watch women's basketball i was when, watching when yesterday yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll watch it the problem yeah, is yeah. is a lot of basketball fans in this country have uh just the way the media works is that when you have the basketball you love the most so available to you uh you tend to just go into the one lane and you we just watch college basketball when we were growing up we would watch everything we watch the nba college and and we just you just notice that like it, it becomes fragmented so to your point andy i think anything you can do to make women's basketball not feel like it's competing against men's basketball as much as it's let's be on the same know, team well yeah. that's what they do with the yeah. wnba right the right. wnba yeah, exactly is is got its own windows and um you know i mean from a business model perspective that makes sense you wouldn't yeah. put it directly in competition with the men now they use a lot of the same arenas so that wouldn't make sense either but you know as an experiment i'm just saying i'm not saying permanent as an experiment this would have been the year to do it go longer i mean there were a lot of men's coaches that wanted to go into april or may yeah right patino right i mean i think if there was ever a time to try it this would have been the year to, to push it and i actually would have done it not in texas I would have done it in Indianapolis. You would have already had the blueprint. Yep. Just say, you know what? Men's is over. We're going to use the same facilities, same giant convention center, same weight room, same hotels. Let's just do it right after. Well, Andy, when you're sitting at the big boy desk with uh, Chuck and Kenny and Ernie and, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about how great your life is, just remember that they won't give you this platform that we just did. Just remember that. Like the, the, They're going to ask you yeah. why Oral Roberts is winning games. Yeah, and you're going to yeah. say – Ace miss. Don't forget well, let me about ask us. This real quick. I know we got to run, but do you agree with Charles's point that in the two games that Oral Roberts played against Ohio State, this is sensitive for you, Mark, mm-hmm. and Florida, he said in those two games on those two days that Max Acemus, can I buy a B? Max Acemus um, and Kevin O'Banner were the two best players on the floor. 
I mean, in the games, yeah. They, 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 in those games, yes. I think if you replay those games, no. I mean, EJ Liddell played pretty well for Ohio State. I felt like I think uh, it, it's 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 easy to say because you lose, like you you didn't play well. But yeah, I mean, I would agree that we we said they're the best NBA Jam team we've ever seen. Those two guys. Mm-hmm. That if you're playing a video game, like I want to play with yeah. Oral Roberts. Yep. Uh, I think they got a shot against Arkansas. I think at this point in time, like you you look at. The way they're playing, if they play decent enough defense, they can beat anybody. And so, O'Banner yeah. shocks people. I feel like you get distracted by Aismas and you realize, like, throughout the game, you're like, oh, this other guy's killing me, maybe yeah. even more than Aismas. So I, that that was the hard part anyway. in the first game with Ohio State, I felt like. Uh, Andy, Did you know how to spell his name? Yes. A-B-M-A-S. Yeah. I love that line. I asked Charles, I said, how do you spell Max Aismas? he goes, M-A-X. M-A-X. That's great. Uh, Andy, you're the best. We appreciate it. Uh, Take care of the Mickey Mouse tournament for us. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Andy. It's easy for you to not call the Mickey Mouse. Don't forget about me. We We will will not. Don't forget about us, Andy. We love you. We'll be watching. Take it easy. (laughs) All right, bye. See you, Andy. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with this, Tate. Let's uh, finish up our tiers here. We had uh, uh, I, I I'm going to go through them quickly. Oregon was also on my been there, done that. Dana Altman, Oregon, go to the 2017 Final Four. Um, it's only Oregon's second Final Four, by the way. They made it in 1939. But people uh, forget, but Oregon won the first NCAA tournament in 1939. 1939. They were not the Oregon Ducks. They were the Oregon Webfoots. Yep. Uh, so they've done it before. This, they've seen it before. If Oregon if Oregon can get by USC, it'll be their third Elite Eight in the last five tournaments. And, that's, that's wild. Dana Altman is one of those guys that is becoming almost, you know, we're not giving him enough credit, right? Yeah. We're not giving him enough due for how great he's yeah. been at Oregon. The, so. the Indian University might be giving him some credit. That's a, that's a good one. Maybe. I, I like know. that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, the last one I had on the uh, been there, done that tier, which is, again, as a reminder. Dana Altman's bringing Nike if he's coming to Indiana. I'll tell yeah, you yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Indiana's getting rid of Adidas. Yeah. Either way, I think they're getting rid of Adidas. But yes. uh, um, the, the been there, done that tier is the the – been there done that we, 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 the only way you can really add to the legacy is if you mm-hmm. win a title mm-hmm. and uh loyola i'm throwing on there because uh you, they've already won a title people forget that yeah people 1963 do forget that. loyola yeah. is a is a is a is a national champion winning program um and of course in 2018 they go to the final four so you're looking at this and you're saying all right if if, if loyola goes to another final four i guess that's cool it, it makes it more legitimate le- legitimate it makes it less of a fluke the 2018 run um and and there's that, but in but in terms of like Porter Moser, how we view him, he's already a hot commodity. It's already interesting to see uh, what's going to end up happening with Porter Moser, whether he's going to stay at, at Loyola and, and try to build like a Gonzaga in the Midwest, whether he's going to take the bag at Indiana or Marquette or wherever mm-hmm. else. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. It but, does seem very bag to me because you got guys like Draymond Green who tweets out to the world, Loyola Chicago coach got to be up for a big time job this year. Dude is getting it done year in and year out. Sheesh. The she says to me that he's going to go to Marquette. So, uh, finally, my last year, the last two teams, the happy to be here. It's Oregon mm. State and Oral Roberts. Let's just call it what it is. Mm. Oregon State. It's their first legal Sweet 16 since 1975. They made it in 82, but that one didn't count. It got taken away by the NCAA. Yep. They were picked to finish last in the Pac-12 this year. They uh, on February 20th, they were 11 and 11 in the tournament and uh, on the season. They were 500 on February 20th. They're very a, George. Just if, a month if you ago. are familiar yeah. with Georgetown's story, that is basically Oregon. State and as a reminder, in the first game of the Pac-12 tournament against UCLA, Jules Bernard had two free throws. Mm-hmm. UCLA's down one. He's got two free throws with it three could seconds be over. left. If he hits both, he yes. missed the first, made the second. If he hits them both, it's over. It's, mm-hmm. And it's done right there. And there's not a single person on earth that's even batting an eye at Oregon State basketball and saying, like, they were close or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. they lose in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament and nobody's talking about them. But instead, they're here. So, like, every Oregon State fan's like, I would love to beat Loyola. If we don't, what a run. 
What a run it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a little bit of a fear that Loyola in this game, maybe they're overlooking their they're, opponent. Yeah, you now know what they're I mean? the hunted. Exactly, yeah. exactly, which yeah. I, I like Loyola. We all do. We obviously like, you know, Sister Meme and Lady Jean being the hunter, the one that, you know, is supposed to go for the upset. But this is the time where Oregon State, I, I think, could make some noise. And the Pac-12 9-1 in the tournament. You know what I mean? Straight up. Yep. <laughs> that, yep. that's insane that's regardless that's of what happens they're going to end the tournament with a winning record so that says a lot uh, and finally shout out oral roberts they're happy to be here obviously the second 15 to ever make the sweet 16 uh could be the first to make the elite i was gonna eight. say make history make some history yeah they're good enough to man i see it i see it's a, a good matchup for oral roberts like arkansas mm-hmm. is gonna get up and down and let them like it's gonna be a fast-paced game and they're gonna like arkansas is better athletes better players whatever but um you know ace miss and o'banner go crazy and, and we've happen. seen Musk, you know, Musk, when we had him on our show, we brought up Colgate, you know, and he was he was concerned about Colgate. So it's not like Arkansas thinks that they're, you know, a surefire team to get this win. You know, they have the best one-two punch we've seen in the tournament so far, no banner yeah. and Aismas, So I definitely expect Take Arkansas him. to win, but if Oral, if, you're, if Oral Roberts does win and you're surprised, you haven't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. You haven't been paying attention to how they're winning these games because uh, – they, they can go, man. Arkansas is favored by 11 points in this game. Yeah. That seems, that seems, uh, that seems, seems wild. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Seems very interesting. Uh, all right. Do we have – are we wrapping up? Do we have fan questions? Do we have interaction? Oh, we Which go. Pac-12 team has the best chance to make the Final Four? Will there be more than one? Now – I have a cheap answer, so I'll give ahead. it to you. The winner of Oregon-USC. So yeah, it's, well, that's – I mean, that, that is like I, – I think – I think in my nightmares of nightmares that whoever wins that game, and I think it's going to be USC, and I'll knock on wood, I think they're going to knock out Gonzaga. Yeah, it, the, the shame in it, if you're trying to get a Pac-12 team to the Final Four, um, the they shame to- <laughs> in it is that you have to play Gonzaga if you win. Where like Oregon State has the best draw in terms of yes. the teams left in your mm-hmm. region. USC and Oregon are the I best I wish teams. Oregon was in Loyola's region. You know what I mean? I wish Oregon State and Oregon could swap. Right. That would be great for everybody. Yeah, if the winner of USC-Oregon was playing like the winner of Loyola-Oregon State, mm-hmm. then I'm taking Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going yeah. to the Final Four. They're going to the Final Four for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But Gonzaga, um, but the, Gonzaga the, it's, a, it's a bad matchup. So I would say, I still think it's like, I, st- I still think I'm with you because I think USC and Oregon can give Gonzaga some problems. I mean, in UCLA, I will say, I mean, the 11 seed, I know we're all talking about Syracuse being the 11 seed that goes to the Final Four. There is, a, and I told you this once they won their first game, I'm like, is Mick Cronin going to go on a Final Four run here? Uh, Michigan, Florida State, maybe they beat up on each other and there's a chance he goes for a run. This is a great question. Mick Cronin has taken Mr. March from Tom Izzo, but did he also take manufactured adversity with Chris Smith? Are you saying, Mark, are you are you saying that maybe Chris Smith didn't actually tear his ACL? Mark, these are the kind of remarks. This is a Denzel Valentine situation. that we like to see. <laughs> we and, love uh, it. I, I'm, I'm not saying no, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not saying no. Mick Cronin looked and he said, we have a lot of scorers on this team. Yes. We could do with Chris, one fewer. Go Chris. down. <laughs> Tom, Tom Izzo may or may not have done that with Denzel Valentine yeah. in 2016. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Who is the most undefeated team in the? Tur- this is this is a question for you. Ryan mm. is asking who is the most undefeated team in the tournament. Um, you are the undefeated expert. How do you see it? It's Gonzaga, hmm. and uh, you know I hate to say that little on the nose. I know, but uh, you know they they have basically won every game, obviously by double digits. Knock it off. That's <laughs> the why they're so undefeated. <laughs> they're favored by 13 uh, in this game against Creighton. I, you know, that, that's a pretty large line. I would mm-hmm. say they're by far the most undefeated team. My runner-up, though, uh, is Oregon because Oregon I, did not play a game, as we both know, and then they blow out Iowa in the yeah. next game. So 
I'm going to say VCU, Oregon's probably number two. VCU also undefeated You're this right. tournament. You're right. VCU. Uh, UCLA, you can make an argument for. They've won more games mm-hmm. than anyone else in this true, tournament. True, true, They've true. won three. These are good everyone arguments. Else has won These two. are good arguments. A uh, lot of options. You're going with Gonzaga as the I'm most going undefeated. with Oregon and Gonzaga. Yeah, those are my teams. Uh, I'll I think go that's with... My fra- that's my, I think that's the strongest region we have left, by the way, the West. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's by what's, far. That's what's funny is like when the draw happened, you looked at it for Gonzaga. You, 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 you were like this could be bad for Gonzaga mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll be damned. You ended up being right. I, f- I felt like it wasn't that hard. Cause they had all the top seeds were teams that they already beat. And now they're not going to play any of them. I had no idea the PAC 12 was going to look this good, but if you told me that Oregon and yeah. USC were going to look like this, yes, um, a problem. Let's wrap it up with this, like uh rank the games for us. Just, just, just Ooh. rapid fire. Maybe like what, what, what get, you don't have to do all of them, I guess, mm. but like of the eight games we have coming up, which ones are you have circled as like that one's going to be the most fun? That one's going to be close, whatever. Baylor Villanova is my first one I have marked because okay. I just like the idea of two top flight programs. This is this is blue blood versus new blood, right? This is Villanova mm-hmm. versus Baylor. I, I like that. So that's probably my number one. Uh, my number two, interesting enough, uh, is USC Oregon. That's my I, number one. Yeah, I that's am, my definite number one. It 100%. should probably be my number one, but I'm, yeah. my heart is so entrenched in this game because I believe in both teams in different ways that I almost just want to know who wins. Yeah. And then I'm going to deal with the Gonzaga, you know, versus whoever the, you know, yeah. the winner of that game situation. Uh, the next one I have uh, on my list, this is a little bit, uh, Louise is going to love this. Buddy Bayheim show. I want to watch Buddy Bayheim. I mean, ACC apologist here. I want to see if this is for real. I want to see if he's just going to go in a full out tournament run. So I have that as my number three. Those are my top three right now. All right. I got Oregon USC definitely number one yeah, by far for one. me. That yeah. one, uh, they played once. USC, they boat raced them. They got out to big lead early. Hilariously enough, if there was just a USC-Oregon regular season game going on, how how much priority would that have in your life? Well, that's the joy of March Madness. <laughs> that's what it's I'm not, saying. That's yeah. that. Yeah. That's why we we have seen these games before throughout the year. We just I have number number two for me. I think is Michigan Florida State because the, there's the, the revenge factor of that. The the ACC Big Ten. My heart's too invested in that game. Yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna watch. Every time I watch Michigan, they win by a lot. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay out of that game. That 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 one I have is number two, and then I probably have number three is uh, Baylor Villanova or Gonzaga Creighton. Both of them. There's gonna be a lot of shots. There's a lot made of good both, games. Both of those games, Gonzaga Creighton, Baylor Villanova, a lot of shots. I think Loyola game. Oregon State is the worst game for me. I think that's the one that that's towards I, the bottom. You, you tell me who yeah. wins, right? That, I just want to know who won that game. My two bottom are uh, Syracuse Houston and Loyola Oregon State. Just mm-hmm. the whole Midwest. Yeah. No disrespect to those teams, but also I don't really care to watch you guys play <laughs> arkansas or roberts will be a very fun game when you look at a smith it and will Moses be moody and, i think yeah i, I mean, expect arkansas to win by seven like be up by seven the whole game and, and win rather comfortably but i've also expected that each of Royal roberts games um but it's going to be fun to watch mm-hmm. it's one of the like the, the score might not necessarily be close but it's going to be awesome yeah. it's going to be a ton of good fun basketball. basketball fun yeah. basketball it'll be fun alabama ucla could be pretty fun too a lot of good games as it turns out a lot of t- good teams left that's this how this a, works this is a nice final four i will Syracuse, say we got, we got a lot of Zaga, legit programs here in this that would 16. be great yeah. yeah that would be great hmm. all right i guess that's it uh anything else any parting shots <sighs> no parting we'll shots be- uh scott scott drew i just will say this I, I believe in you it's a bad matchup uh we heard this we had andy cats come on it's all about the matchups villanova is mm-hmm. a tough matchup for baylor last time they played baylor did win that game so uh i don't know i'm not, I'm not feeling good but i but i'm pulling for you scott drew. You, you are just hedging on every single i'm hedging on everything i'm hedging on my heart right now because I, I uh this tournament makes no sense as we know the opposite theory the mickey mouse aspect of it all 
Um, if you're doing a gambling podcast with Cousin Sal right now, you yes. say all of these are stay away games. Yes. Yeah. The entire tournament <laughs> like, is a stay away tournament. Would like, be my ooh, answer. Yeah. That's a 50 50 for yeah. me. I could I'd be see... looking at the CBI lines. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what I do with that. Uh, listen, we will be back on Saturday. Saturday is the, the, the when the these day. games start. Saturday night after the games are over. Please join us then uh, for some late night breaking down the first uh, first Sweet 16 games. Yeah, thank Thanks you for America. watching, everybody. We can watch them all together. Finally, all the games.